Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Masonic Stones of the Washington Monument, written by Gary T. Scott, 32nd Degree. This article is from the June 1997 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. The Washington Monument contains 22 Masonic Memorial Stones contributed by 14 Grand Lodges and 8 individual lodges. The cornerstone of the Washington Monument consisted of a block of Maryland marble weighing 24,500 pounds and was presented to the Washington National Monument Society in 1848 by Thomas Symington from his quarry about 11 miles from Baltimore. The stone was shipped to Washington from Baltimore on the B&O Railroad. Upon its arrival into the city of Washington, the stone was drawn to the side of the monument by a large body of workmen from the Washington Navy Yard, assisted by other citizens. On the 4th of July, 1848, under a clear sky, in the presence of President James K. Polk and virtually every notable of the government, including former First Lady Dolly Madison, the cornerstone was set with full Masonic ceremonies by the Grand Lodge of Masons of the District of Columbia. One of the principal addresses of the occasion was given by Benjamin B. French, Grand Master, 33rd Degree, later Lieutenant Grand Commander of the Scottish Rite Southern Jurisdiction who wore the Masonic apron Washington wore at the laying of the cornerstone of the United States Capitol. In his address, French referred to the master's chair used by Washington as worshipful master of Washington Alexandria Lodge Number 22 and the gavel used by the first president to set the cornerstone of the Capitol in the custody of Potomac Lodge Number 5 of Georgetown, D.C. Both of these were on display for the occasion, along with other Washington Masonic relics. The Washington National Monument Society, in charge of fundraising for the monument, sensed the importance of Washington's Masonic membership and the great pride Masons felt across the country for their brother, the father of our country. The Society in 1851 and 1853 solicited members of the Masonic Order nationally through the Grand Lodges to make contributions to the construction of the monument. In an effort to publicize the monument fundraising campaign, the Society solicited each state and territory to present a carved memorial stone to be placed in the interior of the monument's walls. Stones in marble, granite, and sandstone began arriving from across the country. Although the Society specified the memorial stones to be 4 feet long, 2 feet high, and 12 to 18 inches thick, they began arriving in all sizes and all were placed within the monument. By 1855, the Society had installed 92 carved commemorative stones within the walls of the monument. The Society solicited the Masons, the Oddfellows, the Sons of Temperance, and other fraternal orders as well. This action resulted in the donation of 22 Masonic memorial stones contributed by 14 Grand Lodges and 8 individual lodges. The first Masonic stone ascending the monument is that of the Grand Lodge of the District of Columbia at the 50-foot landing. This earliest Masonic contribution was no doubt tied into the cornerstone laying ceremony presided over by the Grand Lodge of the District of Columbia. Next to it is another marble stone, that of Naval Lodge No. 4 of the District of Columbia. Founded among workers at the Washington Navy Yard, 
Naval Lodge members doubtless participated in dragging the cornerstone to the monument site and took part in the cornerstone ceremony itself. By 1854, the Washington National Monument Society had exhausted its funds and all work stopped at the 150-foot level. Turmoil within the society, bad economic times, and the fury of the coming Civil War and its aftermath would halt monument construction for 22 years. There is still a discernible line between courses of differing stonework indicating the resumption of monument construction funded now by Congress on August 2, 1876, and spurred on by the centennial celebration of the Declaration of Independence. The Army Corps of Engineers carried on construction of the monument until its completion in 1885. In 1874, Society Secretary John Carroll Brent began again to send solicitations to Masonic bodies and other fraternal orders. Between July and September 1874, over 200 pledges were received by the Society from every part of the country, chiefly from the Masons, Oddfellows, Knights of Pythias, Redmen, and other fraternal bodies. By April 15, 1875, 211 Masonic Lodges across the country had responded to Brent's call, including four Grand Lodges, Florida, Illinois, Ohio, and Massachusetts, the last three giving $1,000 each. The average lodge gave from $10 to $50. Mithras Lodges of Perfection, A&A, SNR, Washington, D.C., made a contribution, as did 24 Royal Arch Chapters and five Commandries. The Oddfellows had an equal number of participating lodges and gave many stones. The monument's aluminum metal apex, representing a small pyramid, 5 foot 6 inches on each base side and 8 foot 9 inches, was set December 6, 1884, on top of the 3,300 pound capstone. The apex was engraved with the names of the engineers and notables who completed the monument, and on one side contained the words, Laus Deo, Praise God. The monument's official dedication was held on a cold winter day, February 21, 1885. Again, the Grand Lodge of Masons of the District of Columbia participated, using an adaptation of the cornerstone ceremony they had used in 1848. Grand Master Myron M. Parker gave an oration, and again the Washington Masonic relics were displayed, and Washington's Masonic career was discussed. Naval Lodge No. 4, my own lodge, was present, as it had been at the laying of the cornerstone 37 years before. The following article is from Tuckahoe Lodge 347.org. Masonic Stones Within the Washington Monument. Hailed as the father of his country, and as the leader who was first in war, first in peace, and first in the hearts of his countrymen, George Washington was the dominant military and political leader of the new United States of America from 1775 to 1798. Even his erstwhile enemy, King George III, called him the greatest character of the age. At his death in 1799, he left a critical legacy. He exemplified the core ideals of the American Revolution and the new nation, Republican virtue, and devoted to civic duty. Progress towards a fitting memorial finally began in 1832. That year, which marked the 100th anniversary of Washington's birth, a large group of concerned citizens formed the Washington National Monument Society. In 1836, after they had raised $28,000 in donations, which is $17 million in 2015 dollars, they announced a competition for the design of the memorial that same year. The winner was architect Robert Mills. 
The citizens of Baltimore had chosen him to build a monument to Washington, and he had designed a tall Greek column surmounted by a statue of the president. Mills also knew the Capitol well, having just been chosen architect of public buildings for Washington. His design called for a tall obelisk, an upright, four-sided pillar that tapers as it rises, with a nearly flat top. He surrounded the obelisk with a circular colonnade, the top of which would feature Washington standing in a chariot. Inside the colonnade would be statues of 30 prominent Revolutionary War heroes. The Washington Monument was originally intended to be located at the point in which a line running directly south from the center of the White House crossed a line running directly west from the center of the Capitol. The ground at the intended location proved to be too unstable to support a structure as heavy as the planned obelisk. At that originally intended site, which is 390 feet west-northwest from the current monument, there now stands a small monolith called the Jefferson Pier. In early 1848, workers started to lay the monument's foundation. At noon on July 4, 1848, the Grand Master of Masons of the District of Columbia, Benjamin Brown French, led the cornerstone laying ceremony in the presence of President Polk and numerous dignitaries. Grand Master French began the ceremony with these words directed to Brother Mills, I now present to you, my brother, the square, level, and plumb, which are the working tools you are to use in the erection of this monument. You, as a Freemason, know to what they morally allude. Look well to the erection of this national monument, see that every stone is well squared, and that it is placed in its position both level and plumb, so that this noble offering of a nation to commemorate greatness, patriotism, and virtue may stand until the end of time. Relics from Washington's tenure, including a personal portrait, copies of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence, an American flag, and newspapers from at least 14 states are sealed within the 24,000-pound cornerstone. Construction continued until 1854 when donations ran out and the monument had reached a height of 152 feet. When the public contributions to the Washington National Monument Society ceased, they appealed to Congress for money. Before work could begin again, arguments about the most appropriate design quickly resumed. Many people thought a simple obelisk, one without the colonnade, would be too bare. Architect Mills was reputed to have said omitting the colonnade would make the monument look like a stalk of asparagus. Another critic said it offered little to be proud of. Construction finally resumed in 1879 under the direction of Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Lincoln Casey of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Casey redesigned the foundation, strengthening it so it could support a structure that ultimately weighed more than 40,000 tons. The building of the monument proceeded quickly after Congress had provided sufficient funding. In four years, it was completed, with the 100-ounce aluminum apex lightning rod being put in place on December 6, 1884, at the top of the 3,300-pound capstone. The apex was engraved with the names of the engineers and notables who completed the monument. On the east-facing side of the aluminum cap are engraved the Latin words, Laus Deo. No one can see these words. In fact, most visitors to the monument have no idea they are even there. But there they are. 555 feet and 5 and 1 8 inches above the ground, perched atop the monument to the father of our nation. Laus Deu. Two seemingly insignificant words, out of sight and one might think out of mind, but very meaningfully placed at the highest point over what is arguably the most powerful city in the world. Those two words comprised of just seven letters means, very simply, praise be to God. 
The formal dedication was held on February 21, 1885. Again, the Grand Lodge of Masons of the District of Columbia participated using an adaptation of the cornerstone ceremony they had used in 1848. Grandmaster Myron M. Parker gave an oration, and again the George Washington Masonic relics were displayed and Washington's Masonic career was discussed. The monument opened to the public on October 9, 1888. At the time of its completion, it was the tallest building in the world, a title it retained until the Eiffel Tower was completed in 1889. However, the Washington Monument is still today the tallest stone structure in the world. The Washington National Monument Society in 1851 and 1853 solicited members of the Masonic Fraternity through the Grand Lodges to make contributions to a fund that was used for the construction of the Washington Monument. The Society also asked each state and territory to present a carved memorial stone for placement within the interior of the monument walls. Soon thereafter, stones began to arrive from across the country, and by 1855, the Society had installed 92 commemorative stones of diverse sizes and composition. Among the stones collected, 22 were of Masonic origin, 14 from Grand Lodges and 8 from individual lodges. In ascending the monument from ground level, the first Masonic stone encountered is that of the Grand Lodge of the District of Columbia at the 50-foot landing. Adjacent to it is the stone of Naval Lodge No. 4 of the District of Columbia. Both of these stones are marble. The rest of the Masonic stones are described as follows. Masonic stones appear again at the 9th landing, the 110-foot level, with the marble stones of the Grand Lodges of Ohio, New York, and Kentucky. The Ohio stone contains a compass, a square, an all-seeing eye, and a sword on the Book of Constitutions. The Grand Lodge of New York stone contains a square and compasses. The Kentucky stone cites Washington as a Christian mason and contains the compass and square, all-seeing eye, and sword upon the Book of Constitutions. At the 120-foot level is the unadorned stone of Patmos Lodge No. 70, Ellicott Mills, later Ellicott City, Maryland. It is dated February 22, 1852, and it is made of rough granite. The 11th level, the marble stone of Mount Lebanon Lodge No. 226, Ancient York Masons, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, is dated 1851. The members of the lodge presented a block of native marble as a testimony of their veneration and respect for the character and services of George Washington, AL 5851, AD 1851. Nearby is the highly ornamented marble stone of the Grand Lodge of Maryland, containing the names of donors and Grand Lodge officials. The stone is dated 1850 and contains a carved figure of Father Time in supplication before an altar. His eyes are fixed on a star in the heavens, and he is pointing to an open book on the altar with his left hand. He holds a scythe, an hourglass, and is lying on the ground. Also at this level is a marble stone of Masons of Washington Lodge No. 21 of the City of New York. Carved on the stone are a sun, a plum, a trowel, a triangle containing the letter G, and a square and compass on a Bible. The twelfth level, at 140 feet, contains three Masonic stones. The state of Alabama contributed an interesting Alabama marble stone containing the seal of its Grand Lodge. Masonic symbols are arrayed in the circle of the seal around and within the archway resting on the two columns from Masonic ritual known as Jockin and Boaz. The Masons of Georgia contributed a Georgia marble stone with a 15-inch shield containing a raised circle 7 inches in diameter. The circle contains an all-seeing eye and square and compass. 
The Grand Lodge of Illinois sent a very dramatic stone showing a wall of finished ashlars contained within an archway supported by two columns. Within the archway is a bearded Father Time. In front of him is a young maiden standing before a broken column. She holds an acacia branch in her right hand. Before her rests an open book. Father Time is seen counting the ringlets of her hair. The stone is dated 1853. Moving up to the 14th landing at 160 feet, there is a marble Masonic stone from Lafayette Lodge No. 64, FNAM, New York City. The stone contains a square and compass under the words, Our Tribute. At the 15th landing is a granite stone from Washington Lodge, FNAM, Roxbury, Massachusetts. That stone is actually from a later period and arrived at the monument in 1871. On the 180-foot level, the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania contributed a richly carved marble stone. Prominent upon the stone is a carved and arch and keystone. At the 200-foot level, Virginia presented two Masonic stones. The first was presented by St. John's Lodge No. 36 AF and AM, Richmond. The stone is of granite with a raised marble Bible carved with a compass and square. The stone from the Grand Lodge of Virginia is of granite with a raised border and also contains the Holy Bible with compass and square. The designer, J.T. Rogers of Richmond, has signed the lower border. Moving up to the 19th landing at 210 feet, the Grand Lodge of Iowa contributed a simple granite stone from an Iowa quarry and squared by an Iowa craftsman. It was shipped prepaid for $7.50 as a gift from the 80,000 free and accepted Masons of Iowa. The Grand Lodge of the State of Mississippi contributed a carved sandstone memorial to their worshipful brother George Washington. The stone has a raised border a compass and square, and an arm upraised with a mallet appear on the left and right side of the inscription. The stone given by the Grand Lodge of Arkansas is the most fanciful of all. The lettering is an accentuated script with ornate characters. The various Masonic items are given exaggerated shapes. A coffin adorns the lower portion. An exaggerated eye with a bushy eyebrow peeks from within an ornate letter G at the top of the stone. The last Masonic stone is at the 230-foot level, the 21st landing. It is marble and presented by the Grand Lodge of the state of Florida. Its raised border creates a frame effect for the single compass and square in the center of the stone. Within the monument itself are 898 steps and 50 landings. The mortar between the 36,000 stones in the monument has been replaced at least twice. The National Park Service recently installed a glass windowed elevator so that visitors may view all 193 memorial stones as they take the five-minute elevator ride to the top of the monument. The monument underwent an extensive restoration project between 1998 and 2001. During this time, it was completely covered in scaffolding. The monument was damaged by numerous structural cracks resulting from the 2011 Virginia earthquake and Hurricane Irene in the same year. Surveillance video taken the day of the quake and later released by the Park Service showed the spire shaking violently. Daylight could be seen through some of the cracks, the largest of which was reported to be at least four feet long and an inch wide. The monument remained closed to the public while the structural integrity was assessed and repairs were undertaken. After 32 months of repairs and a cost of $15 million, the National Park Service reopened the Washington Monument to visitors on May 12, 2014. Based on a post-earthquake leveling survey done in 2012, the National Geodetic Sur Survey determined the earthquake had no discernible impact on the settlement of the Washington Monument. 
NGS further found that the rate of settlement for the Washington Monument itself, based on multiple measurements taken since 1901, is two hundredths of an inch per year. This indicates that the monument has settled just two and a quarter inches since 1901, none of which is attributable to the 2011 earthquake. In December of 2014, using new international measurement standards and technology not available in the past, the NGS calculated the official architectural height of the Washington Monument to be 554 feet 7 and 11 32 inches. Although the newly established height differs from the historical height of 555 feet 5 and 8 inches, neither the starting point nor the so-called standard deviation used for the original 1884 measurement is known, making comparison of the two measurements rather difficult. The new architectural height provides baseline documentation that can be easily reproduced for comparison with future measurements and investigations to determine if the height of the monument is changing in any way. There you have a brief history of our national monument to George Washington and the story behind the 22 rather important stones from the Quarry of Freemasonry. Written by Douglas M. Messimer, P.M., Tuckahoe Lodge 347, Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.